It's July 4th, 2022, and this is the Watson Weekly, your essential e-commerce digest. Happy Independence Day! Unfortunately, not so happy for the two CEOs who just got fired last week. Today on our show, Nike reports strong growth in its direct-to-consumer business and recent earnings. Bed Bath & Beyond looks for a new CEO as the company resets again. Pinterest CEO steps aside as Bill Reedy from Google joins as CEO. And is Amazon planning a second Prime Day in October? And what does it mean? And finally, the Investor Minute, which contains five items this week from the world of venture capital, acquisitions, and IPOs. But first, in our shopping cart full of news, Nike reports strong growth in its direct-to-consumer business in recent earnings. Last week, megabrand Nike reported quarterly earnings and in doing so continued to show progress in its generational shift from wholesale to direct channels. Here are a few data points I pulled out of the call that might be interesting for listeners. First, let's talk about Nike's direct business. The direct consumer business unit was up 7% in the recently closed quarter and up 14% to 18 billion year over year. This puts Nike's direct business at about 40% share in the fastest growing segment of the business. Nike tells us that their long-term target for this business is about 60%. Second, overall revenue for the brand is down 1% year-over-year for the quarter and 5% up for the full year, reflecting the changing economic environment. Third, the company's gross margins were about 45% in the closing quarter, primarily due to increased freight and logistics costs. Fourth, and interesting, the wholesale channel was severely affected in the last year by the closure of Vietnam for up to 12 weeks, which indicates the persistence of COVID over two years into the pandemic. And to wrap up, I've read articles that some financial analysts worry about the cost of going into direct-to-consumer. What they're forgetting is that consumers are voting with their feet. History shows us that a D2C-only business is not the largest profit driver, but if all your customers expect to be engaging with you more digitally on their cell phones, if you cut investments in this channel, you are literally cutting the potential long-term for your brand. Brands that are serving their customers however they want to shop will end up being the winners in the long term. Our second story. Bed Bath & Beyond looks for a new CEO as the company resets again. Well, it looks like Mark Tritton and his team of retail Avengers has reached the end of the runway as the company's board has ousted its CEO and chief merchant. One likely thing that will happen next is the sale of Bye Bye Baby. The baby market is huge and the retailer is a big player in that market alongside Target, Walmart, and others. However, is that really the right thing to do? I think there's a serious argument to be made that instead you should keep Bye Bye Baby and maybe jettison the rest. What went wrong here? That's obviously a more complex story. The short answer is turnarounds are hard for a reason and turnarounds in a pandemic are near impossible. Mark Tritton had a solid plan and a reasonable idea, but boards these days are impatient and you only get so much time and runway. It could be said that perhaps it was doomed from the beginning, but the alternative as not trying was much worse. More practically, I think the most valuable consumers had already moved on from Bed Bath & Beyond, and so what's left are price-sensitive or promotional shoppers. Trying to go even slightly upmarket and reducing the merchandise options and promotional activity scares away even the remaining consumers that are left. This itself can lead to a tailspin. My only other thought is that the idea of partnering with Kroger recently could be seen as taking your eye off the ball. Your number one two, and three issues are how to get consumers coming back into your stores, period. There are no other priorities. I think Bed Bath & Beyond failed to find that reason to keep consumers coming back regularly in that front door. What's next? 
The board has already retained Russell Reynolds, the executive search firm, to help the company look for its next CEO, and Berkeley Research Group to further optimize some of its inventory and costs. Until this happens, a board member will serve as its interim CEO. Not that they weren't there before, but this puts Bed Bath & Beyond firmly in the camp of other retailers like Kohl's that are still out there searching for their reason to exist. Will they end up finding it? I just shook my magic eight ball and it came up. All signs point to no. Our third story. Pinterest CEO steps aside as Bill Reedy from Google joins as CEO. And another CEO change, Pinterest CEO Ben Silverman has moved on as the board appoints former Google Commerce lead Bill Reedy as CEO of Pinterest. The former CEO now moves into the executive chairman role, which indicates the board still felt like there was value in keeping the old CEO around, unlike in other cases like the Real Real, which may have been less amicable. Clearly, the former PayPal leader Reedy signals a clear commerce-oriented direction for Pinterest. However, that's not going to be easy either. Increasingly, people are spending all their time on TikTok, and the rest of the oxygen in this room is being taken up by Amazon. After all, if you're just going to shop on Amazon anyway, what is the real reason for Pinterest other than as an Amazon or Etsy affiliate program? What are the other options for the company? They clearly aren't going to hold inventory. I think equally as likely, they aren't going to build a marketplace that competes directly with Amazon. The most obvious answer for Pinterest is ads. There are categories that Pinterest is huge in, home, bridal, fashion in particular. If Pinterest can create interesting experiences and content that allows a brand to target and connect to its users more intimately, then it could be an interesting direction. I think another thing I would be remiss to speak about with regards to Pinterest is this. You could almost say that combined with Twitter, Pinterest is one of the most under-monetized social media platforms out there today relative to its peers. The challenge, what I think Twitter also has, is that the company has seemingly refused to innovate. Ironically, this could create a big opportunity for Bill Reedy to put his stamp on the company in a way that could endear himself to merchants who are looking for optimized customer acquisition channels. Of course, this is all in theory. But back to the CEO change itself, ultimately we're left to wonder, how does this happen? Why did the board act now? At the end of the day, the answer is really all the same in these changes. The board thought the company needed to change immediately if the company is going to thrive. And our last story. Is Amazon planning a second prime fall day in October and what does it mean? Business Insider reported recently that Amazon is planning to host a second prime day event this year early in the fourth quarter, possibly in October. The internal lingo being used is called prime fall day. A new event is usually difficult for a seller to understand out of the gate because it's hard to make inventory and promotional decisions with limited information as the article reports. Overall, I think you'll see more promotional opportunities for Amazon going forward, and I can imagine that Amazon is constantly looking at Alibaba in particular for inspiration on their promotional calendar. In the case of Alibaba, it always seems like another promotional event is just a few months away. Now, of course, too much promotional activity is always a double-edged sword as well, as it has the effect of training consumers to wait for the next promotion to buy, which has the eventual result of depressing prices. In the past, Amazon has had category-specific promotional events, so it makes sense that they want to consolidate their marketing efforts under the Prime banner. Sellers should probably wait and see what is going to happen this year before they invest a ton more in this. It's that time, friends, for our Investor Minute. We have five items on the menu today. First, chat-based sales platform Sleekflow collects $8 million to conduct sales with customers over social media. The mission of the company is to enable new sales opportunity for companies from messaging and social media channels. The company claims over 5,000 companies globally as customers. Second, FedEx invests in four kites to capture insights from its supply chain. 
Forkites has what's called a supply chain intelligence platform whose goal is to increase the visibility and efficiency of its supply chain customers. While it's entirely possible this is a prelude to an acquisition, Forkites has already raised a lot of money, and it's possible FedEx traded some investment for roadmap features in this case if they're a key vendor in the future for the company. Third, medical supply sourcing and procurement marketplace Vamstar raised a $9.5 million Series A from Alpha Intelligence Capital. The digitization of many different retail categories continues, this time in medical supplies and pharmaceuticals. It seems to me that the company has a marketplace-based model which focuses on matching supply and demand, something that was super popular during COVID with shortages of PE and other supplies. Fourth, open source headless content management system Strapi raised a $31 million Series B. The company is focused on developers first and plans to use the money to invest in its open source community. With the rise of the cloud, open source is not the selling point it used to be in the application market. It also seems to me like there are so many content management systems getting funding now. Is the market big enough for all of them? And finally, cloud-based marketplace platform provider Nautical Commerce raises $30 million in a Series A investment. I met their Nautical team at ShopTuck recently and followed their story. Given the fact that many businesses want to expand their assortment and still do not want to hold inventory, I continue to think there's a lot of opportunity left in this space. Congrats to the founding team. That's all for this week. Till next time, Watsonians. Hi, I'm Rick Watson, CEO and founder of RMW Commerce Consulting and host of the Watson Weekly Podcast, your essential e-commerce digest. The show is produced by Citizen Racecar. Garrett Tiedemann is the producer. Alex Brower wrote our theme music. The executive producer is David Hoffman. To hear new episodes of the show every Monday morning, subscribe now at rmwcommerce.com slash Watson Weekly and wherever you get your podcasts.